All right, off to Opic back on the air after a two-week hiatus. And uh, the I guess I have the A team, the B team. I don't know which team you want to call with the, the guys I got with me tonight, but it's just good to be uh, good to have you back. Again, you can listen to Off Topic here. Thank you, WRPR. Thank you, Rampo College, for lending me your studios. Uh, BackSportsPage.com, of course. All right, Anthony Zarita back. Ryan Morick here. Guys, good to have you in the studio. Let's just get right to business at this point, huh? Yes, sir. Always good to be back here. Yeah, it's 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 good to see Anthony back too, Anthony. Uh, well, yes, Randy. Uh, Randy changed the lock, so I had to figure <laughs> yeah. that out. Oh, so you're gonna put this on me? Uh, you jerk! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just go right at it and call you a jerk. Right? <laughs> you're not even back good, for three good minutes. Good yeah, start. You're not even back for three minutes. I'm calling you a jerk right away. Well, I mean, that's why I came back, to be called, uh, to be verbally abused. I missed it. No, no, I'm not going to verbally abuse you. Sometimes you deserve it, sometimes you don't. But, you know, I I'm I'm, will never verbally abuse you. So, guys. Physically. <laughs> I want to call into the show, 201-825-1234. Follow us on Twitter, Off Topic BSP, at Back Sports Page. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram, Randy BSP. Guys, let everybody know where they can find you inst- uh, on social media. Anthony, first, go ahead. Um, on Twitter, underscore Anzarita. That is not too complicated. Oh, yes, it is. Got to get rid of that underscore. You're killing me. Uh, Ryan Moore, go ahead. I don't believe in underscores. It's simple. <laughs> at Ryan Moore. R-Y-A-N-M-O-R-I-K. All right, awesome. Okay, so uh, since the last time I was on, it's been about two weeks, and I uh, it's good to be back, uh, first off, and it's good to see you guys here. Jump right into the sports conversation a little bit here. So, th- look, we're going to start with the New York Giants, and you would say it's not that big of a story, but it is that big of a story because it's bad. You know, I'm not a guy who likes to be negative. I'm a glass half full type of guy when it comes to my sports teams and so on and so forth. But this got bad, and it looks like it might be like the light at the end of the tunnel of that cloud, from what I was seeing from practice reports and everything from the last couple of days. Uh, there was a big like no holds barred meeting where they like McAdoo showed the whole team like footage from the game from Sunday. And they're sort of calling each other out. Like there was a particular cornerback who did not play well, <laughs> and he got called out. And, uh, certain linebacker who gave up a touchdown, he got called out. So, and one of those happens to be the captain of the defense. So go put the math together and figure that out. Who that was? What I'm saying is, it's good to see that there's a, a light at the end of the tunnel with some of this negativity that's around this team. But guys, and we'll start. I guess we'll start with Ryan. You've been in that locker room with me, so you you know it. Is this as bad as you've ever seen this team? Yeah, it's um, this is probably the biggest disappointment of a New York Giants season of my lifetime. Um, they go into this season with, uh, I'm not going to say Super Bowl expectations, but you go 11 and five last year, have one of the best defenses in the league, and you get Brandon Marshall. And some people are trying to get sold on the Jerry Reese idea, and I'm not going to lie, I was one of those sold. One year, one more year of this offensive line. No, it won't be good, but it won't be terrible either. We know it. We know nothing changed with the offensive line, but you are a bad football team with fingers being pointed. I think this no holds barred meeting is a too little, too late. Your season's over. You're one and eight. Why didn't this meeting happen three or four weeks ago? I'm not sure. I think they were just so set on. You know what? We're going to find. And we heard Eli on. Francesa. We heard other giants on every radio station say, all it takes is one. Well, you know what? All you have is one through nine games, and now your season is over. Why is this meeting happening now? I don't understand it. They are the definition of it. I mean, you. we laugh at the Cleveland Browns. We laugh at the San Francisco 49ers, who ironically the, the Giants just lost to. But they know that this is the situation that they're supposed to be in. They went into this year not expecting to win. The Giants did not, and now fingers are being pointed, 
and it is the definition of a dumpster fire. For me, it's like pretty much hit the nail on the head, right? It's just that, like, in terms of the worst season I've ever seen, I think they started 0 and 5, 0 and 6 not too long ago, but at least they, like, fought back and tried to reclaim some. And they part finished that year 7 and 9. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You, like, you start you start 0 and 6 and you finish 7 and 9, that's, like. That's, like, unheard of. Like, obviously, no one expected them to make, I mean, it would have been a miraculous playoff push, if anything, but like, no one, like, I mean, hey, they, they fought back for the season. Now it's just cornerbacks and linebackers not even wanting to tackle. It's the coach blaming everybody but himself. It's it's a mess. Like, it's, it's honestly embarrassing. Well, not only that, but the other part of it, too, that you're forgetting, too, is that the zero and six start, and they finished seven and nine. They were four and six at one point, and if they would have beaten the Cowboys that game, they would have been five and six, and they probably would have probably could have competed for the division at that point. They still, they still tried, is what the point is, and like th- th- that's that's all that's all anyone wants to see is still try. I was get covering it. the team at that point for that zero and six start, and I gotta tell you something that was probably one of the uh, at that time the ugly. This is uglier than that. Uh, I think because when you were going into that other season, there was no expectation level. It was just the the Giants are going to be the Giants and. We'll see how this whole thing works. Now, there's a lot of reasons why this happened this year. And I think we were all sort of put on with blinders on and so on and so forth. I think that we have to look at last season and say maybe the last season was a mirage. Whereas the record of the teams that they played were 24 and 65. You know what I mean? Let's look at that. That's yeah. you know I Ryan remembers this from two years ago, where I was so critical of the Carolina Panthers because they were fifteen and one, but they only beat two teams that were above five hundred. So how am I? I'm sitting there. You remember you? You remember me? I was sitting there. Screaming I remember. From the, yep. Screaming from the rooftops, sitting there saying, "How are we praising this team? Because they're not that good. Look at the teams that they're beating." Now, I think we have to look back, and I have to do the same thing about the Giants from last season. It's late for me to do it, but look at the teams that they're beating. They were beating the Chicago Bears. They were beating the Baltimore Ravens. They were beating the Cleveland Browns. They were beating the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, they had a couple big wins against the Cowboys, and they beat the Lions, and they beat the well, the, the Saints had a bad year last year. But you know, I'm saying they beat a couple quality teams last year. But when they went against the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Green Bay Packers, they were and the Minnesota Vikings, they were not able to compete. My question is though, and I understand you missed the playoffs. What was it? Five years in a row. It yes. was five years in a row. Then you go eleven and five, and now you're one and eight. You look at it and you say it probably is a mirage. But my question to that is, what happened to the defense? Was last year the defense just bad and they lucked out? Last year, people did not want to see the New York Giants. So what happened to the defense? De- and and it's n- the defense has not Again, just started to be bad. I think I just the defense was bad against Philly. The defense was bad against Tampa. The defense was bad against Detroit, who had all of a sudden quite the run game. That that team should have beaten Detroit. That team should have beaten Philly mm-hmm. because that was before we saw that Philly was actually getting good. That team should have beaten Tampa Bay. But this defense, this is not new with the defense. This year it's new, but in terms of this didn't just start happening with the defense where – a couple weeks ago against the uh, whatever the last home game was against the Rams they, they started playing poorly they've been poor all season long that's my question I think what ended up happening the first two games of the season this was one of those things where they believe their own press clips this was one of those seasons where they're like oh everyone's picking us to compete for the Super Bowl I was there for training camp and I'm sitting here listening to the guys talking and they're also they're saying there's something special about this blah 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 the camaraderie and like there was times you even saw McAdoo going this is not what I want to see from my guys I think that Dallas game was a slap in the face but everyone was like well once Odell gets back we'll you know we'll put it all together and they came back against the Lions and Odell was pretty much a um, a decoy because Odell wasn't really playing well and then it was like oh okay well we're still not playing that well 
the season ended in my eyes with a 61-yard field goal because at that point in time, they were there. Like They came back. They played great against Philadelphia in the, in the second half of that game. They had three touchdowns in that fourth quarter. Right, and they had some other opportunities where they were bringing the ball down the field. They just couldn't convert. You know, they had some bad calls. They called two touchdowns back on Shepard. Situations that happen. It is what it is. But as soon as 61-yard field goal, the only thing that I think that could have been done different in that whole entire situation was McAdoo called timeout before the kick went off. It's the only thing that I think you could have done to make that change. The following week in Tampa, I already think it was the, you know, it, the, the, the season was already on life support, and after the Tampa game, the cord was pulled. And then the following week after that against uh, the Chargers, catastrophically, everything that can possibly go wrong went wrong. Marshall went down. Shepard went down. Harris went down. Then Odell goes down. Roger Lewis Jr. is sitting there in the locker room trying to answer these questions, and he has no idea what to say to these people. It's one of those things where you're you're in a tough bind if you're Eli Manning because you don't have the same caliber of weapons to throw to that you're used to having. Tavares King, Roger Lewis Jr., Travis Rudolph, and Sterling Shepard is not the same type of unit that he's used to having out there. Evan Ingram is going to be a stud and is going to be great. Now, and I pose this question to you, and Ryan and I have already had this conversation, Anthony. I think maybe you and I have had it too. I, I'm, I don't remember. I talk to so many people every single day. Not because I'm popular, just because I call a lot of people. Well, because you're popular. Okay, we'll go, we'll go with that. And so, with that being said, there's plenty of blame to go around why this thing f- went off the rails as quickly as it did. But I don't know what you gain or lose by firing Ben McAdoo now. You mean before the season ends? Correct. Do you, okay. Well, yeah. I don't see what positive or negative because if they're not playing for him and they're not playing for the current staff, why taking him out of the play out of the position of coach and put somebody else in there who they're already not listening to? Well, that that's the quote unquote Giants way. Then you can debate about whether it works or not. But yeah, like like you said, like you're right. Like it doesn't make no sense now. All I know is that as long as the search for a coach com- like started after the Rams lost, then I'm all right because it's definitely not where it's going to go. I mean. You don't need to give right, Reese another year. You don't need to give McAdoo another year. You saw what you needed to see, and now just like, wait till the season ends. You know, they like you know, like Maris said, he wants to wait for the season to be judging in, in its entirety. Just make sure you're looking for a new GM and a new head coach while, during this whole process. That's my only thing. I agree with you 110 percent on that. Go ahead, Ryan. I agree, but what if the Giants are thinking? I mean, let's look at the Jets. Who didn't want Todd Bowles fired after last year? Oh, I but then a lot of people said you can't fire a coach after two years. That's unfair to the coach. It's unfair to Mike McCagnan, blah, blah, blah. And this is also Ben McAdoo's second year. Now, I think the two are completely different in terms of coaching, in terms of how do they handle their players. But what if that's what the Mariners are thinking? What if that's what Steve Tisch is thinking also? What if they're saying... It's been two years. Look at what happened last year. We still have a... Tom Coughlin has always been very upset. Since he got, quote-unquote, fired, but that's not technically the term that the Giants used, but that's what we're going to use here. Tom Coughlin was always very upset that he did not get a very good defense to win games. And And Ben McAdoo did get that roster. And this Giants team still has talent on their roster, despite being one and eight. So what if that's what the Mariners are thinking? Let me ask you, is the drop from last season so big that you have to consider making that move? I, I, I don't think it's anything about last season. I just think it's just a matter of like who has like what length of a leash. Like Todd Bowles, I feel like even though all of, all of Jets' uh, fan base wanted him out, <laughs> I, but he also had like a bigger task at hand. 
I mean, you're going to look at, at, at McAdoo and be like, okay, you have this talent. And then you even had the chance to add on to your offensive line. They passed on Whitworth because, you know, they wanted to go with, you know, they wanted to get younger, even though they signed John Jerry, who's 31 years old. It's like a two or three years. You can't get younger as a win now team. No, no, you can't. So it, does, it doesn't work that way. And the Jets tried to do that a couple times. One last, they tried to do it last year. And then they also, and then they tried to do that when uh, Rex was there. They were bringing in, you know, when Mark was there and, and they bought in Plaxico Burris. They tried to get all these different guys who had veterans and they're trying to bring up the younger guys and it just wasn't working. Well, that's what, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, either yeah. way, they didn't do it. Like, they shouldn't have gone because Whitworth, look how much he's helped the Los Angeles Rams. Like, I, I feel like... Yeah, but that's also not fair, too. I don't think it's one guy. No, it's not, it's it, not it, one it, guy, but sorry. it definitely helped. Like, you, you know, they're, they're obviously, there's mo- there's like a multifaceted approach as to why the Rams are better, but you don't think... That's that like sitting there saying the Giants' front line is terrible just because of Eric Flowers. You know, it's, it's there's enough blame to go around. I've been yelling since August to, to you and to you about how when I was at the Giant Jet game, the minute they pulled John Jerry out and they put Brett Jones in there, and all of a sudden, Eli Manning, we had all this time. I said, maybe Eric Flowers doesn't deserve all the blame. He deserves some of it, but he deser- doesn't deserve all of it. Maybe it's John Jerry, too. And then you watch that Dallas Cowboy game beginning of the season. You saw Jerry was missing his assignments. You saw all these different things happening. And you're like, oh, maybe Eric Flowers is really not that big of a problem. He's a problem, but he's not that big of a problem. Anyone who like knows how to watch the game knows that it can't just be one person. No matter how of course. B- bad bad Eric Flowers was, I, th- I think anybody who had in their right mind knew that it wasn't just him, obviously. A lot of problems. What I'm saying is, like, would Andrew Whitworth would have hurt? No, he just would have helped. That's that. I mean, that was just one example. I just think that the with the talent that McAdoo had, plus I guess a little bit of the season he had last year. But if we if we can figure out that it was an easier schedule, then they know it's an easier schedule. It's just that I don't know. Todd Bowles, he was given more of a project. Nobody said that the Jets to like be you know without a doubt playoff contenders when Bowles got there. But now you have McAdoo who had a playoff roster his first year as head coach. And now you have the same roster, maybe even a little better with with Marshall, you know, with Evan Ingram, because everybody knew he was not he wasn't going to be bad. Everybody knew that. And then, what one and eight? Like that's that, that's just unacceptable. And like uh, I understand it's unacceptable, but I I also have to understand now. Are you telling me that we are going to after an eleven win season, you're going to fire the guy because he only had two wins? And again, I, I had a conversation with a couple people here on campus earlier today about the. Like the difference between coordinators going up f- from being a coordinator, obviously, to a head coach, and the differences of the responsibilities they have to go through. McAdoo was averaging, what, 26 points a game his last year as the Giants' yeah. offensive coordinator? And then all of a sudden, last season, they couldn't break 20 points the last six games of the year? A, l- a lot of people do think that's a flawed stat, though, because the Giants were off and down in a lot of games. And this goes for Eli's personal stats as well. I tend to disagree to an extent, but the Giants were down a lot. You and I always talk about that Carolina game because we just, I think that's just so <laughs> fresh in our minds because we were at that game in the box, whatever. But the Giants are down 35 7. They threw the ball a lot. I can think of a lot of other games where Eli was throwing the ball a lot, and that's why he had 4,700 yards in back to back seasons. Well, but, that, but that's why Aaron Rodgers throws the ball all the time because he has, doesn't have much of a running game and they get put, put in situations where he just has to haul the ball downfield. Okay? And like, again, We've had this argument about how I feel about Aaron Rodgers and how um, I think with the difference between him and Eli and so on and so forth and so on. And I just I just think that right now the Giants are just in a very fragile state. And I think if they come out and win this week against Kansas City, there's some of the negative can go away from the Giants. They'll go from a really bad story to just a very bad team. You know what I mean? Because right now it's just like one thing after another. I don't know if you guys saw there was a TMZ video from Jonathan Casillas that came out from 2012 earlier this week of him getting into a, vi- a fight in Vegas where he would punch somebody in the face. 
So <laughs> it's just one thing after another of bad news. You know, I'm waiting for the Ben McAdoo tattoo of Eli on his shirt, something like that. <laughs> all all I know is that it's going to be very tough for it to get any worse. I mean, we said that after the LA Rams game. You lost 51 to 17. I have pictures from what the crowd looks like from the beginning of the second half. I saw that. It was great. It was it was great. The the, the last the, the first three rows were Ram, were Rams fans. Well, yeah, and then the same thing with Seattle. At the end of the Seattle game, I went down the field level and I was looking around the stadium and it felt like it was a, a Seahawks home game. Yep. And it was it, it was embarrassing. It was an absolute embarrassment for the Giants and the Maras and the Maras Look, I was, you looked at the game on Sunday, and you were waiting for Mara to come down from the box. John, John Mara couldn't even look at the field. He couldn't yeah. even look at the field. And the camera was on him, so he was forced. Like You just saw him pacing back and forth the whole entire time. <sighs> All right, this portion of the program brought to you by our good friends over at Level 1 Games in Pompton Plains, New Jersey, on Route 23. Go to level1games.com. Now take your game to the next level and relive your past. Go over there and see M, Cynthia, and Tim. They're definitely going to take care of you with everything you need. Again, that's Level 1 Games. Go to level1games.com. Now, apparently some news broke because I'm watching you guys in the studio. I know Ryan's been anxious to do the Major League Baseball MVP <laughs> news. Let's go to it. What do you got, Ryan? Um, American League is actually being announced at 645, and, um, but the NL MVP was just announced, and Giancarlo Stanton. All right, and he he might be looking for a new home soon. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> Derek Jeter doesn't want to want to resign him. We can pony up the cash. Uh, where where do you guys want to pivot to? Do you want to go stick with NFL, or do you want to jump into Major League Baseball? Or do you want to wait till we get a little closer to the AL announcement? Uh, well, what time is um? What time do we have our guest coming? Uh, Duff, on? Duff's coming on, and uh, Chef Brian Duffy, a good friend of the show, is calling in around six thirty, and um, six twenty two. Okay. Anthony just held up his watch uh, his <laughs> phone and oh. I was trying to figure out exactly why he was doing that I, I, was, I don't know I just thought I did I, a I quiet have, little I thing just wanted, yeah, I thought he was like what do you think of my background on my phone oh. <laughs> <laughs> Randy also has a clock right in front of him on the I, computer, have, I, have, so. I have a computer and I have another one right on the board um, by the way I, 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 Ryan it's the first time we've had this conversation on this topic and, and Anthony's here we haven't talked about this in a long time but the topic was brought up to me Monday over at our, our like favorite place in the world Jay Lee's where they have the like, popcorn and uh, Anthony, your name came up, and there's something I, I we didn't talk about this off the air, but I have to bring this up to you. We brought this up th- during the summer, and I have to bring up the, the donut situation. Oh no! That shows how little sports news there is going on right now. But I have to bring up the donut situation. Ryan, how much would you pay for a gourmet donut? A gourmet donut? Define g- gourmet. Like you know, it's like Ar- artisan, art- artisanal, uh, like artisanally it, crafted. Okay, it, 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 like a craft donut, like a certain like you know. I'd say like three dollars. Oh wow. Okay, so uh-huh. well, I'm looking. Then I'm really looking like the cheap, the cheap guy in the room here because I just don't understand. Anthony goes to a place where they have do- gourmet donuts for like four dollars, four dollars fifty cents, something like that, right? They range from three something to five something. A, eh. do- a donut. You must really have to like donuts. I'm not picking on you. I'm uh-huh. not. This is not me picking on you. I just we, we the conversation came up the other day and it was sort of stinging with me that someone would still spend five dollars on it. Well, on, on the donut. five dollar donuts were like the ones where they had very very intricate toppings. Like, like so the, is it like the halo light that's hanging on that donut? Like, oh, it's just like it's like the I think the maple bacon donut at that place. The was. maple. Okay, so Ryan, would you have a donut with maple bacon on it? No. You okay. No. Really. So there, all right. There are some things in this world where you love them both, but they don't gel. 
and that is one of the combinations. It's pretty good. I think you should try it. What are some of the other flavors? Um, well, there would be they have like Oreo ones, so like it had like that I would have. Okay, or an Oreo donut. They'd have like a Reese's donut, and then like you have pretty much like a it's like the, the, the actual thing. Like an Oreo donut is not just like you know some cheap Oreo donut. Like it actually has like the cream in the middle. They cut the donut in half, put the cream in the middle, and then the top is like filled with, with Oreo crumbs. There's almost like a full re- like full Reese's on like one of them. Like it, it, they did a really good job. Like they're not skimping out on whatever it is that the donut is supposed to be flavor does but is it worth five dollars is it if you had a five dollars in your pocket and you're sitting there saying i can get a meal or uh, i can get a donut well, I, I feel mean, like i feel like you can't be a regular there and spend five like there's this place down in avalon and stone harbor where i go every summer springer's ice cream it's it's it is the the heart of the jersey shore down there exit 13 exit 10 that's the, the line goes out the door Around the block, we are waiting 25 to 30 minutes every night for ice cream. But it is, it, it's the statement. It's its the thing to do down there. You wait, I mean, you would go down there and say, what the hell is wrong with you? Why are you waiting on this line? But Is it like Seinfeld in the soup kitchen? Like, remember, the line would go out the door and, you know, you slowly, like, one person comes in and makes the order because like, they have the soup Nazi and everything else like right, that. Right, like, you, I wouldn't do it every single day. But if you are, if you're not a regular, if if you're there two weeks out of the summer for, uh, for throughout the year, then sure, why not? I mean, I mean, this ice cream isn't really the cheapest at all either. It's it's five dollars a scoop, whatever. So five dollars a scoop, you must really like. Think you really have it, to like this food to spend it, that type of money. But it's but it's not about really liking it. Well, yes, I really like it, and it's the best ice cream ever. But it's just the fact that we are there two weeks out of fifty-two. For the entire year, I get excited about free popcorn down the hall. Okay. That popcorn I would pay a lot for, by the way. Okay, the pop- I, I get excited about the free the popcorn. There's a lot of nostalgic value to that popcorn. Once I leave, I will definitely, you know, be like. I Damn. think once you leave, you're actually going to take the popcorn machine with you. You yeah. know what I miss the most? These cookies downstairs. Yeah, no, they're good. You know what? I, I brought two. Um, I don't think I need them if you want them. I don't know. Eh, no, you can. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you bought two? No, no, no. CSI had like donuts. So. Yeah, I saw the big tray. Oh, the, the donuts. I thought I mean, no, 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 no. Cookies, cookies, cookies. cookies I was going to say, I saw the big tray in the office over there. I was going to try In, in terms of the donuts, I think at the height of my donut, and I hardly ever ate them. It was just, I just got them for, like, my dad and my mom and, like, everybody who I live with. And, like, I, you know, I, did, and I, I bring some for you. you, you me, when Steve and I were here, when Steve was here, he bought a couple up here for that. And there was also that one time when we were in JLE's, you had a box of donuts. Yeah, I, I gave my friend a, a couple congratulatory donuts. Because she uh, made the paper. Correct? Yeah, she made that. She made, she hired us one. I think I just saw her, too. In she, the she, she was over there. Yeah, I, I told her to yell at you. Yes, uh, and then she did yell at me when I walked by. Uh, just right. now? Uh, when I came here, yeah. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't verbally abuse him. <laughs> no, no, no. You no, get no. other people to do it. And no, no, no. Well, that's a fraud. Uh, that wasn't me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, not, it's not me yelling at him. It's somebody else. You're right. No, I, you're like the hitman, though. Yeah. Ray Caruth is in prison today. Ray Caruth did not commit murder. He is in prison. I tell the people what to say to him, and then they just go and do exactly. it. Exactly. Which you are the Ray Caruth of Ramapo College. Which, by the way, A... It uh, gives me a false sense of power. <laughs> and it's good. <laughs> uh, well, no, the, and the reasoning why is because uh, we're going to be running a d- bunch of different programs, a bunch of different things up on campus. And um, I want Anthony to keep f- some things fresh in his mind. Like we have James Cratch, who's a very good friend of the show, who's also become a very good friend of mine, who covers the Giants for NJ.com. He's going to be coming up. So for all those people who are on campus listening, um, he's coming up here and he's going to talk with 
the staff from WRPR, and I want the newspaper people there. For those who don't know, Anthony's part of the campus paper. What's the website if you want to plug the uh, campus station website? Ramponews.com. Ramponews.com. So you can go on there. Yeah, but you have an alumni of the paper as well, right? Yeah, and Ryan used to be involved with the paper as well. So I think it's very important that the newspaper crew come out and check out James when he's here because you. I think everybody can get something out of it. I'm in that like really big giving back mode, but sometimes... I mean, and this is a compliment to him. This is not me insulting him, Ryan. <laughs> Look at you, <laughs> Ryan. Because you're sitting there saying that I'm picking on him. But I also know he's very popular, and he also he's he he's in a bunch of different directions. He gets pulled in different ways. So if I have a couple people reminding him about this, it'll stay fresh in his mind. Instead of me texting him 45 times a day about it, you know what I mean? Like, let the people who because he, he probably doesn't he probably tunes me out because everybody tunes me out. But yeah. I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, see, uh, I, you know, I just want to make sure we're all on the same page. R- and R- Randy's on mute on my phone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you and everybody else, my well, friend. Randy also calls me either like one when I'm sleeping or one when I'm in class. He's one of the two. He's there, there, there are times when Randy calls me at like eleven thirty in the morning, and then I'll call him back like pu- pu- a half hour later, and he was like, "Were you really sleeping?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I was actually sleeping." At the, 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 the last two calls in a row, I'm Randy called me. I was in class. Not, gu- I'm not gonna lie to you. I my alarm clock sits, hits around five thirty six o'clock in the morning, and I don't go to sleep till about one in the morning. So, I'm that's, I don't want to say the hard, one of the hardest working guys in you show business. Get, get, a good mo- get a good motor, is what as they say. Yeah, the, the, then there's those days where like Saturdays I'll finally get home from the office and I'll just be like, <laughs> no, there, there are times there are times where I'm at the gym and I and I got my music blasting in my ear and I'm like in the middle of of, of like, a good set. You're like, like ah! I'm at like I'm at like eight out of twelve and I got a couple more and I'm just trying to lift it and then I just hear. I just hear my ringtone and I'm like, I'm like, come and, on, and it's, and it's me, and then it's you. Oh, it's always me. All right, so let's welcome our good friend uh, back to the show. Uh, first time without Steve here. This is gonna be weird. Uh, Chef Brian Duffy, who is of course on Bar Rescue, and of course the burger stuffer man himself, Chef <laughs> Brian Duffy. <laughs> Duff, how are you today, my friend? I'm pretty awesome, man. What's going on with you guys? Well, we have Ryan Morick, Anthony Zarita, and of course me in the studio here, and it's uh, it's good to have you back, man. Happy holidays. I guess we can start saying that now, right? No, are you kidding me, man? I guess Halloween's over. Now it's like, you know, what do I put up next? Do I put a turkey on the front lawn or do I put Santa? I don't know which direction to go. Well, so do you have any advice for the awesome Thanksgiving feast? Because I know that you're probably cooking. No, I'm not cooking. Really? I'm making, I'm making Brussels sprouts. Okay, so you so you got you got one of the side gigs this year. I think that makes sense. I do. You know, we're going to uh, we're actually going to my girlfriend's parents' house for dinner. Uh, so me and my daughter are going to head up there. My young, my oldest daughter, uh, we're going to head up there and hang out with her for the night, uh, and just kind of hang out and have some fun. I am. I, I hate to say this, I, and I'll be honest, but I'm not a huge Thanksgiving fan. Okay. Yeah, you know why? Because it's usually just really crappy food uh, that somebody overcooks and stresses over all the time. So I'm not a huge Thanksgiving fan. Can I can, I, can I offer a solution? Make your own food. Yeah, no, I know that. I know that. But, you know, it usually ends up that I end up at somebody else's house or, like, family members or something like that. Um, and uh, I'd love to ha- I'd love to do it, but I'm not a fan of, like, gluttonous holidays. Yeah. Okay, I feel I understand. Weird. I, 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 feel I think he also gets like a lot of calls. Like everybody wants to call him up. Like, yo, uh, you mind uh, whipping something up for me? Or yeah. Oh, everybody does. Yeah. And, and you know what the funny part is? I say all the time, like, hey, I'll make stuff if everybody wants me to. So this year I'm making uh, Brussels sprouts. And I'm going to do something pretty funky with them. Not 100 percent sure what yet. Didn't he just say something about crappy food? And he's talking about Brussels sprouts. Yo, dude, 
I'm gonna hang up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Uh, I'm not a fan. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna just shut his microphone off. If that's okay with you, you know Doug. Because most people overcook them. Okay? Yeah, and that's why. So uh-huh. here's here's what you do: Brussels sprouts. Ready? One. Blanch them whole. Cut off that little piece on the bottom with a paring knife. Get yourself a big fat pot of boiling water. Okay. Put about two or three tablespoons of honey or agave nectar in there, and about a cup of salt. Make a super salty water with some honey in there, and it'll cut out that bitterness of the Brussels sprout. Pop them in their hole. Take them out of there about a minute and a half in when that Brussels sprout turns super bright, like awesome, sexy green. Pull them out. Pop them right into a big bowl with some ice and water. And then just chill them down. And then when they're cold, cut them in half. And then what you want to do is get a big saute pan, add some bacon in there, get some onions and saute them up. If you guys watch my Facebook Live video that I just did a couple minutes ago, I just did bacon and onions on the, uh, on the Facebook Live. But, uh, and then I take them, I toss them in that, and then I lay them on a sheet tray. Cut side down so that it gets caramelized and beautiful. Sprinkle them with a touch of brown sugar, a touch of uh, uh, salt and pepper, and a little tiny sprinkling of crushed red pepper, and you're going to have the greatest Brussels sprouts. 350 degrees, 20 minutes, and you're set. That sounds like some. Uh, sounds like if you did anything, it tastes good. A little on Brussels sprouts. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey Duff, I have to ask this question to you because you and I—you're a Philly guy. And uh, you know we've always talked a little sports with you too. Yeah, your Eagles, baby, your Eagles. I gotta tell you, on fire. You're you're on fire. So have you made it to the stadium at all this year for the game? I did. I actually got to go down with some friends. Uh, I got to go down uh, a preseason because I keep traveling on all these weekends. Um, I got to hang out with uh, John Dorenbos and uh, his wife Annalise and some friends, and then a little Rod McLeod. And Rod's on fire this year, man. He is on fire. And Carson Wentz, I mean, come on, man. Uh, I mean, the guy's just a beast. Two years into the season, and he's showing total, total, uh, just total pro player, man. It's beautiful to watch. Now, have you done any um, things at the restaurant, at restaurants for the, for the for the games, especially your Philly restaurant? Yeah, you know, well, one, I sold the Philly restaurant. Okay, you did. it in August. Yeah, that's okay. We're good on that one. Um, but what we did do, we actually, we continued. I sold it, but I still own it, if that makes any sense. I pulled my name off the restaurant, but I still own it. So, um, we, uh, yeah, man, we do all sorts of cool stuff. We are huge wing guys. Uh, so we do a lot of stuff with wings. Um, we've got 10 flavors that we were running with across the board. My wings are a little bit different because we do them as a BFG, and that's called a baked, fried, and grilled. Okay, so what we do is we bake them first. I preheat that oven to 350 degrees. I take the wings, all raw wings, and I toss them in a little bit of apple cider vinegar, salt, and pepper, and I cook them for three, at 350 degrees for 25 minutes, and they come out perfect. Chill them down, and then you're ready to go with whatever you want to do. If you want to drop them in a fryer, they're about two minutes in the fryer, so they're super juicy, super moist, and then I toss them in sauce, and then I put them right on a grill to caramelize the sugars in that sauce. Or toss them in a little bit of sauce, and then pop them right onto a grill, and they're going to come out beautiful after about six or eight minutes. Those are the way that we do wings. Is there, is there any food that you would recommend not eating for a tailgate? Sushi. 
Okay. I say so. Yeah. I've never even <laughs> heard of eating on, sushi man. before I mean, tailgate. You think about a tailgate. The tailgate should be like some sloppy food, yes. have a little bit of fun with it, you know, get some pulled pork, get some ribs out there, wings, cook up some really cool burgers, like have some fun with burgers, man. Get some great mixes in there. I do a burger called the Bacon Love, which I take raw bacon and I chop it up super fine and I mix it into my ground beef mixture. And then I grill it that way so that fat starts to cook out it starts to drip down onto your charcoals or onto your flame, and it starts to shoot right back up with that really good flavor, that smoky flavor. Um, and then I'll top it off with, like, a pepper jack cheese or something with a little bit of a kick to it. Beautiful caramelized onions and even some fried onions right on top, like those shoestring onions or whatever they call them. They're awesome. That's how I love it. And uh, I've, I want to let you know I finally perfected from the burger stuffer the macaroni and cheeseburger. Really? I finally, that's awesome. I, I, that's finally, awesome. I finally got it. It took me a long was, time to get it. What was the key? You know what I, what I ended up doing was I, I was always putting a little bit too much mac and cheese into it. This time yeah. I, I put a little, not as much. I, like I, I would put maybe like two, three or four spoonfuls originally, and I would cut it down to like two or three. I just okay, so here's, here's the key to that. One, next time you do it, use a, use a pasta called Didalini. Okay. Okay, Didalini. It's small. It's like a penne, but it's it's the penne that's cut down into like quarter inch ringlets. Okay, and it's called Didalini. It's awesome, and it holds that sauce really well. The other thing, put your sauce in cold. Okay. All right, because that way, what's going to happen is it's going to heat up with the burger, and it's not going to be like too juicy or too runny. It's all going to heat up together, and you'll have a beautiful burger that way. You know, we're talking about tailgate food. I don't know if you saw the video, uh, but there was a girl at the Yankee game eating a red pepper whole, like uh, like it was an apple. Like, tell me how much of a travesty that is. A whole red pepper, just like a bell pepper. Yeah, a bell pepper. She was biting right into it, like it was an apple. It was, and it was a chick. Yeah. Was she hot? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think I don't think you saw her face in the video too much. I think everybody was just like astonished. They're focusing on the pepper. <laughs> We're just astonished that she's yeah, eating a pepper. Right. I mean, I saw a kid reading a book at a Yankee game one time in person, and I was very, very astounded. But I don't know, eating a pepper just seems so much worse. I watched. Uh, I was. I did a uh, a festival like a barbecue, a chili festival, a couple months ago with some friends, and I watched a guy eat a uh, um, uh, a ghost pepper. Because he, you know, he had a big set of cojones during that moment. He's like, I got this. I, 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 the guy started to cry, man. Oh, he full-blown, like, tears down his face because uh, he was trying to be a tough guy. Never, so. never do. Never play yourself like that. From the, uh, no. f- Brian, from the Philly sports scene, out of uh, the, the, all the sports, baseball, uh, football, hockey, basketball, for you, what is the best experience that you think you've had down there? Oh, my God, man. You know, one, I mean, there's nothing says summer like baseball. You know, going down, getting yourself a dog, a cold beer. I don't even drink beer. But when I'm at a baseball game, I'll have a couple of beers while I'm down there. Um, You know, some pretzels and stuff like that, sitting in the sun. That, to me, is like awesome baseball. Fall is all about football, man. It's just that simple. I love watching the guys play. I love getting out there. And and if I can get to a game, I love it. You know, I love watching these guys play. And the colder it gets, the better it is. I just talked to a buddy of mine, actually, in Buffalo, and I'm going to head up to a a Bills game um, in January. So I'm kind of stoked to get up there. My goal, I want it to be cold as hell, man. I want want it cold to go out there. Uh, To me, if it's warm out playing football, I I feel like I'm in the wrong place. Um, Basketball, I've never been a huge fan, but I'll tell you what. About 10 years ago, I sat courtside at a Sixers game, and it was an awesome experience. Watching those guys play up close, 
is 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 like watching a dance. Yes. You know, I mean, they are pure magicians once they get out there. The talent that these guys have, the way that they contort their body to go around people, the the, the abuse that they take is really cool. Uh, I, I was just in Pittsburgh two weeks ago, three weeks ago. I watched a great game. Uh, my buddy Chad Rosenthal, he's another chef in Philly, uh, he and I ended up going over to a Pens game uh, with some buddies of ours and had a blast. Um, so, you know, I mean, for me, I'm really a, I'm really a football guy. But I do love me some uh, some hockey, big time. Love hockey. We got soccer here as well, man. We got a big soccer team in Philly. Yeah, the Union. Is that the your, your, arena, your arena football league just did some also the Soul. Yeah, the Soul. That's right, man. I completely forgot the Soul just won the championship again. And that's owned by Bon Jovi, correct? That's Bon Jovi. Oh, that's that Bon Jovi's team. Okay. That's Bon Jovi, and there's a couple of other owners in well and as well. In fact, a friend of mine is. Uh, is the assistant to the owner of the soul, not not Bon Jovi, but the other guy. Um, and she kept trying to get me to go out to games, and I just my schedule just didn't allow it. But uh, they have a, they have a, they have a lot of fun, man. They have a lot of fun. Actually, you know what? I think I'm going to interview one of those those guys on my podcast. And I was just about to ask you about your podcast to see how it was yeah. going. <laughs> you know what, man? It's blowing up, dude. We've got a huge following that's happening on with it right now. We've got some good sponsors um, that we're working with. Uh, it is. It's really tough to do a weekly show when I'm on the road as much as I am. Um, but we're, we're trying to make it a little bit easier. I had to skip last week because I was in Dallas and Kansas City, and it was kind of tough. But uh, we're gonna we're gonna hop somebody on tomorrow morning. I'm gonna have some fun. Uh, I got some big guys coming in. We're talking to uh, some fun people in the next couple of months. I'm trying to get uh, John Legere, the guy from uh, T-Mobile. T-Mobile. Yeah. So I'm trying. He tweeted me back and said he'd hop on. Uh, but, you know, he's the CEO of T-Mobile. I don't know if that's actually going to happen or not. Well, Duff, listen, I, I, it's always good to have you on and, and give us a few minutes of your time. I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, we'll, we'll catch up a little bit as, as the season winds down a little bit. Maybe the Eagles yeah. will make a big push and maybe we can work something out. What, uh, what's the podcast name again? It's called Duffified Live. Duffified Get Live. it on iTunes. Got Duffified it. Live. U-F-F-I-F-I-E-D. Yeah. And, and Duff, by the way, on my birthday, Giants are playing the Eagles up here at the Meadowlands. No. What day? What's the date? The 17th. December. Of, Nove- of, no, of December? Of December. Dude, if I'm home, let's go. Are you going to the game? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm probably working. <laughs> oh, I got you. I'm, I'm, I'm I mean, working. Let's, let's, talk, let's talk leading up because I've got... I've got some stuff. I've got to get back down into Mexico for a couple of days for a property that I have down there uh, for a restaurant over there. But but let's chat over the next couple of weeks and see if we can make something happen. You got it, brother. All right. All right, man. Thanks for coming on. We always appreciate it, man. Take care. Cheers, guys. Thanks so much. Have a see great ya. week. Thanks, man. All right. Ryan was like, a little, Ryan's like getting a little feisty with him, you know. I was like, <laughs> not a Brussels sprout guy. Yeah, clearly not. <laughs> I was like, I was like, wow, you, if you really want to hit a nerve with Ryan, I didn't, I didn't realize that was such an unpopular opinion amongst this group. Uh, yeah, it's, it's like, I'm very surprised. He's like, I'm gonna come through there and well, choke you. I, I, well, he, I, does, he <laughs> obviously does. He has, he has, he has his way. So I never yeah. had Brussels sprouts, so I was kind of neutral yeah. on that one. Uh, this portion of the program brought to you by, like I said before, about our good friends over at Level One Games in Pompton Plains, New Jersey. Check them out now, levelonegames.com. Uh, Magic the Gathering, Pokemon. And also video game systems from all generations available at Level 1 Games. Go to level1games.com, take your game to the next level, and relive your past. Okay. So, um, 
I love having Duff on just because of that. I think it changes the dynamic of the show. It's not really a big sports news day besides the MVP races. Uh, looking at the schedule tonight, Tennessee's at Pittsburgh. In the NBA, the Warriors are at Boston and Houston and Phoenix. We'll talk NBA around 7-10 with Eric Webb calling in. Uh, and then we have college basketball and college football, and I'm just, you know, I'm not really ready to dive into college sports right now. No, not yet. No, I'm just not there. And it's just, I don't know how Anthony feels about that, but I'm just not ready to go dive into it. I also know three people. One of them just got out of jail. <laughs> oh, okay. So, uh, Leangelo. Yeah, Leangelo. Yeah, Melo. Um, all I know is that the U is back. That's yeah, the U, the U is back. The U is back, the baby. U is back. The U is back. Um, and actually, Anthony, uh, maybe we might have to just take a break before you leave, though, because I might have an actual opportunity with college football if you if you oh. want to go cover it. Going to the U? Yeah, I'll take the, it. Not going <laughs> to the U. I'm not going to send you down the line. Your own chain. Yeah. <laughs> Get the turnover chain. Yeah, I want a big U chain. Uh, you know, here's something I wanted to ask you guys about. You know, since we're we're technically doing a radio show and we're in the media, how do you guys feel about the fact that Mike and Mike, after 18 years, are, are, are closing down shop? Saddening. Tomorrow. I've never, I never really, I mean, this is also because I'm I'm nocturnal. So I don't wake up. Oh, that's right. That's right. You see, I was about to say, it's been, what, six years since you've heard their show? (laughs) You jerk. I don't, I mean, I don't listen to them often, but I mean, they were a fixture. You don't, you don't survive 18 years on the radio. Same thing with Francesa and the same thing with Mike and Mike and the Mad Dog. You know what I mean? That's going to be devastating. It was, it was every every morning for me. It was Mike and Mike. I cannot tolerate Francesa. I don't know how you do. He's so, oh my, it's, I got to tell you. The, uh, the, the so Yankees over here. I got to tell you, the it's Yankees. It's so entertaining. I mean, oh it's. Uh, I, I mean, I don't. I, I don't. Know how I, you don't do it. I don't listen to him for my sports knowledge. No. I listen to laugh. Yes, and it's whether it's a, <laughs> it's it's entertaining. Is it me because maybe it's a little prejudice because it's Rampo <laughs> College? I listen to Michael K. Show like by default because Don's there. Yeah, uh, you know yeah. what I mean. Like, I like that, that's just a good show. I, I like. Yeah, I probably. mean, you, you and I, you and I have. A relationship with you know Don yeah, better than I, I love do. Don I love Don before, and I'm also starting to become close with uh, with Peter, with Peter Rosen, Peter right? Again. Yeah. So, like for me, I'd much rather listen to those guys because it's I have the, I've I've met Francesca and when he was on the air with uh, Russo, and so I met them and. They d- it's maybe it's because they the first time I met them I was like they're really cool the second time I met them they just came off as such jerks and I think just because they, when, when you meet people and they don't live up to the expectation because you think they're really nice I, I had a hard time with it yeah I mean I, I, I met Francesca not too long I was at my family and I went to Saratoga and I mean the Saratoga is his second home so he he was probably in a very good mood to be at the at the racetrack uh, but uh, that was actually the second time I met him at Saratoga and he always he went out of his way said hi to us whatever uh, he's not like he is in person that he is on the radio I'll no just say that. no no he's I there's a guy there's sometimes you know the, the expression of believing your own pr- press clips that's what happened with the Giants this year <laughs> you know yeah. they, they believe their own press clips Francesca is a guy who who you know. You know, he his his phone doesn't ring at applause. That that's how big his ego right, is. We're back. Uh, uh, here we go. Ready? Are we ready for the uh, American League MVP? Uh, not yet. Okay. Uh, really? yeah. I soon. Very, 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 here's very, what, here's very. Here's what soon. I don't understand. Maybe you, you can help me out because you're the baseball guy. You're back sports pages, baseball insider. Yes, Anthony. We're going to give you an ins- you're our soccer insider, and you're yes. going to give us another name too. I don't understand how someone can get the MVP award on a team that doesn't win. Help you got to go understand. off. You got to go off, and yeah, Stan- off. and John Carlos Stanton did. I mean, I, I understand that, but I like. Congratulations, you're the MVP of the league. How'd your team do? Oh, yeah. But, uh, and this is why, 
this I is why I have an with issue it. with MVP because is it the best player? Is it the no, best no, player no, on the no. best team? Is it literally the most valuable? I mean, no one knows what the true okay. definition. So let of me. The I'm going to throw this a different way and say I'm going to I'm going to equate the NBA into this so I so people can understand where I'm coming from with this. Uh, two zero one eight two five one two three four. If you want to join this argument, uh, <laughs> like Steph Curry gets the MVP for two years. But he, if he was not on that team, that team would still do well because they still had enough talent on it. Okay, so like this is where the same I had same argument back when years ago when Jason Kidd first came to the Nets. Tim Duncan gets the MVP award, but he had other guys on that team that were just as good as players. You take Jason Kidd away from that Nets team, they're not winning fifty games that year. So that's my definition of the MVP. So sometimes the best player, the guy who's supposed to get it, doesn't get it. And this is how I feel with Aaron Judge and Jose. I mean, you're going to say, uh, Ryan, you're a big Yankee fan. This is just you being biased. Ryan, you're a very you, big Yankee fan. It's just you being biased. You might be right. But I look at Aaron Judge and I look at Jose Altuve. They are two totally different players with two totally different seasons. Yeah, I agree with you. And they're bo- uh, you, I don't think you can pick one that's better than the other. I and one thing I will say, and it's going to be announced in any seconds. Seconds. literally seconds. I almost feel like if I want to go on Twitter because, you know, Twitter will burn. Oh, I'm already on. Oh, okay. But Jose Altuve won't win the MVP just because of his average. He had 24 home runs and drove in 84 runs as a guy who's 5'6". I mean, that's very good power numbers for a guy who is 5'6 and a second baseman. This isn't Derek Jeter numbers where he's batting 348, but he's hitting 15 home runs and driving in 60 runs. I'm going to ask also a very... You just mentioned Derek Jeter's name. I'm going to ask you a very tw- tough question. Very yes. tough question. I'm ready. Derek Jeter, Hall of Famer? Yes. Yeah. Look, take the Yankee glasses off. Does he mean as much to the game outside of New York than... He does inside New York. He got a farewell tour from every team in the league. He was he hit three ten. He had thirty four sixty five hits. He's a Hall of Famer. Okay, no, I, I just I wanted to ask that question because I'm not so big into baseball like I am for basketball and football. No, that is no. Th- he's he's first. But I mean, he won't okay. be unanimous like people say he will. But it, it, it's you talk to Keith Overman. Keith Overman's not sold on Derek Jeter either. Keith Overman hates Derek Jeter. I probably because he probably <laughs> like you know. One thing I will say about Derek Jeter is that I think by anyone who knows baseball knows what kind of player he was. Derek Jeter was never the best player on his team. He always had... Look, Jason Giambi was a better player than he was. Uh, At times, Bernie Williams was the better player. A-Rod was was better. But Jeter just did it for so long and was so consistent. And he was on the team for 20 years. It's clutch. Um, Is it me or does, does Jason Giambi get a bad rep? I mean, he does. By the way, Jose Altuve has been named the MVP, and I'm not surprised. I mean, no, I, I didn't think they were going to give it to. That would have been amazing to see him get the MVP award and the Rookie of the Year award the same year. Oh wow, it wasn't even close. Really? Altuve got 27 first place votes. Aaron Judge got two, and yeah. Jose Ramirez got one. You know, you know, what I, you know. I said this like when the MVP, like when the season was still going on. I feel like if the Writers Association would be hesitant to give a rookie the MVP. I yeah, think they're just really I, old I agree school. with that. Like, like, they're just too old school frame of mind to like, to like, they'll consider it. Like, they had to this year. They had to consider it. But when it came down to it, like, they would lean towards not doing that, especially if you already won Rookie of the Year. That's just the way I thought of it. Yep. Uh, listen, I agree with you guys 110%. I think it's it's hard to justify it in that sense. Well, uh, according to Yankees Twitter, Aaron Judge is the MVP in their book. As long as much for what ah, that, counts, that matters. That for what for what that ca- for what that counts for. I I was dying, and Ryan, I know you saw it too, and Anthony, I think you saw it. It was one of the uh, games against Houston 
when the Boston Red Sox Twitter account put up something, and it was like it's like a holiday, and they showed a video on there, and the Yankees. It was Dave Roberts. Yep. And the Yankees respond, and it's like, nah, work day for us. Five away, <laughs> five away game time if you're not too busy. I was just like, wow. Damn, that was, like, <laughs> savage. I, I was like, Jesus. Like, they didn't have to do that, and they did it. And I was, I like, was like, you know what, though? That's the type of stuff that I love because it's not harmful, but it's funny. Like, the, like the Yankees' Twitter has, like, it's been it's been so great for, like, baseball as a whole, especially for the Yankees like, in terms of, like, fan engagement. Like, they, they made it, they make it a social event, and, like, that that's what's, like, pulled in a lot of fans, I think. But I'm okay with that. Like I'm okay with it. I'm not okay with the judges' chambers, though. It's cool, but I'm not okay with it. I'm okay with anything. Know. Like, I think if you, because it's something you want to be a part of. I do. Yeah. I mean. I mean, the, the, look how many iconic players they've had, and it's judges' rookie season. I, just, I, I think the Yankees are changing so much. I mean, and, and I think, I was thinking about this on the way here, too. With the whole Joe Girardi being fired, I mean. A lot of people are saying that, and the Yankee brass too. Hal Steinbrenner said that if the Yankees won the World Series, Joe Girardi would not have been back. And ever since the years really started, people were saying, if Girardi leaves, it's because of this. And it's just changed every single day. And the more I think about it, the more I'm saying to myself, the Yankees are not telling us something. Something happened with Joe Girardi and his players. I don't think Joe Girardi got along with Jorge Posada very well, or Jeter, or Mariano, or anyone that he... Pl- that he and and that, that's a very tough thing to do. Manage players, legends, four legends that you played with and won four titles and essentially got benched for in the case of Jorge Posada. Mm-hmm. And then Girardi had to manage Posada at the tail end of his career. Posada was terrible in his last year. He had to get benched, rightfully so. And I don't think Jorge was very happy with... Him, I think this is a very underrated aspect of Joe Girardi versus Jorge Posada. Russell Martin was the catcher when Mariano Rivera broke the record for saves, and I don't think Jorge Posada was very happy about that. Yeah, no, I, I can guarantee that he wasn't. And by the way, we're, we're being uh, joined live on Facebook. There's Ryan, there's Anthony. My ugly mug. That's why we'll keep it over on this side. Uh, <laughs> um, so like, so I, I do think it stinks uh, that the... MVP award didn't go to a Yankee, but it wasn't even close. But I I'm, su- I'm very surprised it wasn't that close. I mean, I thought yeah, Altuve was yeah. going to win. Yeah, I was about to say, I were you surprised that, that it wasn't that close, or were you surprised that it was uh, that he won? That he I, lost I, it. I, I thought Jose Altuve was going to win it. I, I didn't think it would be that that. Neither did I. And I thought that with Stanton winning, I thought that would just. I mean, it, it's different voters, yeah, but like you said Stan won the MVP on a non-winning team with 59 home runs and 100 somewhat RBI I, I know you explained would, it I, would be similar. I know you explained it to me but I'm still confused like <laughs> I just don't get it I, I know he didn't really uh, it doesn't explain to me what happened there so I don't know. I guess I'm just I'm just one of those guys that just doesn't understand those types of things. Yeah, I just thought that the voters would if they voted power in one league. I thought I mean again different voters, but yeah. what Jose Altuve did the, like I said, Jose Altuve is not the MVP because he hit 350. He's the MVP because he hit 350, stole bases, drove in runs, and hit home runs. He was the I mean. You can make the argument that Aaron Judge was the better player. He had 52 home runs, 114 RBIs, and he wa- and he had an on-base percentage of 420, 430, whatever it was. But he lost because he had 37 games where he was the worst player in baseball. And I don't think I I really believe this. Aaron Judge strikes out a lot. I don't think the voters took into account striking out. It's an out. And that's what the game is mo- being moved to. Whether you like it or not, a strikeout is an out. What if those are all pop-ups? Are, vo- are people saying, oh, all he does is pop out? No. I mean, 
Aaron Judge is going to strike out. He's six seven. He has the biggest strike zone in Major League Baseball. I know. <laughs> I don't know how to call it sometimes. Okay. Well, but real quick before we uh, before Anthony leaves because Anthony's leaving in a few minutes, let's do NFL picks. So let's really yes. quickly r- really quickly run through the games, and then we'll pick a uh, f- well, four or five of them that we like. Uh, real quick, let's go down the schedule. Tennessee, Pittsburgh tonight. Tampa, Miami. I think that's the the um, the makeup game from the opening game of the uh, season because okay. remember Miami, yes. uh, Arizona, and Houston, Kansas City, and the Giants. Jacksonville and Cleveland, Detroit and Chicago. Wow, terrible games this week. Uh, Rams and Vikings. That's probably the best game of the week. Uh, Baltimore and Green Bay. Washington, New Orleans, Buffalo and the Chargers. Cincinnati and Denver. New England and Oakland. That's going to be another good game. Philly and Dallas is on Sunday night. And then Monday night is Atlanta and Seattle, which I think is going to be a very, very good game as well. All right. So, you know, I think... um, I think which so where, where should we go? Should we go? I think New England and Oakland is going to be a very interesting game. So do I. I think New England has that one. Um, what about Dallas and Philly? That's going to be a good one too. I'm going Philly on that one. So I'm going Philly. I think I think the Dallas. I think the Cowboys are really hurting. Yeah, Zeke is gone. Tyron Smith is going to be gone. Sean Lee is gone. Every time Sean Lee has missed a game, the Cowboys have lost. And in my opinion, the Eagles are the best team in the NFL right now. And Carson Wentz might be the MVP. And if, if, you, if you thought about Tyron Smith's value, you saw how Dak Prescott was just obliterated yep, from the he, left he side. Got, he got sacked six times by Atlanta. I mean, right. I mean, Atlanta's defense, I mean, it's not great. I mean, wasn't, but they should not They should no, not no, sack no, six times. Especially with Dak that, Prescott, yeah. who's a mobile quarterback. Yeah. He should not get sacked six times. So when you miss arguably the best running back in the league and arguably the best offensive lineman in the league, you're in trouble. Yeah, you're there in trouble. Uh, let's so so let's also look at the Rams in Minnesota. So let's all right. So let's uh, let's let's go. Let's do this. Let's let's figure let's figure this way um, real quick. Uh, Ryan Stern from Back Sports Page is going to join us in just a second, and then we'll um, Anthony's going to leave. So let's start with real quick. Let's start with tonight's game because I think that's a it's a pretty big game, uh, and it's and I think it's the best game that we've had all season on Thursday night, which is Tennessee and Pittsburgh. Uh, I'm a huge. F- I'm a huge fan of the Steelers right now just because I, li- I listen to their schedule. I got to look at their schedule and listen to other people talk about it from the uh, Pittsburgh area. And they're in great shape. Their toughest game they have left is, I think, New England. And everything, everybody else is winnable for them. Um, I think this is if this is Roethlisberger's final hurrah tour, he's going to go out on top. And um, P- Tennessee's playing good. They're just not a strong road team. And I just don't believe in them yet. I'm the, I'm, 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 the, I'm the ultimate Tennessee uh, sympathizer. I always want them to do good, and when they do, I'm just like, eh, they'll get it, but I don't, I don't know. Not yeah, tonight. Not tonight. Not tonight. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I like, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger has not played very well, but they still have Antonio Brown. They still have Le'Veon Bell. They have Juju Smith-Schuster who's been playing out of his mind recently, and I, 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 don't, I don't like the Titans. I feel like, I feel like they don't know what they're doing with DeMarco Murray and Derrick Henry. I think that th- they're trying to get Corey Davis back in this offense after coming off of an injury, but it, that might throw them off. I'm taking Steelers. I'm going to take them with the points also. They're favored by seven. Yeah. I'm taking Steelers with the points. Yeah, I know nothing about spreads. So <laughs> so me taking a spread is ridiculous. I'm where's just where's Vegas Mike? Huh? Where's Vegas Mike? Where's Vegas Mike? I'm standing, right I'm standing right here. Where's <laughs> Vegas Mike? Oh, you're Vegas Ryan. Um, all right, so let's go to the second game we should do. Um, I just think it's just because we're all Giants fans, we should pick the Giants game. Yes, um, and pick I, against the Giants. That. Yeah, I think it's, it's it's Kansas City. We don't really need 
go too again, far deep into it. But though, again, I'm very Chiefs your favorite ten and a half. I'm very Jeez. I'm very positive about the meeting that they had this week, but we'll see what happens. I'm not. I really just don't think I don't think they care. I think that if you have a you have a meeting at one and eight, if what, you if what you does that do? If you don't care coming into the 49ers, you don't care against the Chiefs. Yeah. I mean, okay. th- th- that's that's the game where you're supposed to win. That's the game where you have to prove to everyone that you're not a dumpster fire, and you just proved even more. If they if they lost by one, if they lost on a heartbreaking field goal, okay. And, and if they just got beat, fine. But you went out there, did not try. You got a garbage time touchdown. So essentially, you lo- really lost by 17 rather than 10. They got embarrassed, and. They got embarrassed against the Rams, and it got worse against San Francisco. If things get worse against an 0-8, 0-9 team, and then you have a meeting at 1-8? Uh, Chiefs. Chiefs <laughs> points. Chiefs <laughs> points over any bet that you can make with the Chiefs. Take it. What's the over-under? The over-under is 40. The Chiefs will get 47. They will. Alex they Smith will. is going to be benched by mid-third quarter. Like, because oh. they're winning by so much. Do you do you think the Giants activate Davis Webb no. this week? That's, sure. an, that's another tough question, isn't it? That, that, like that is the question. I say, the I, say he, I say he's point. last three weeks. Davis Webb is last three weeks. Okay, no, that's fair. Okay, real quick, because I know Anthony's got to go. Let's go uh, Rams and Vikings. Both teams seven and two. Both teams playing very well. I can tell you from seeing the Rams up close, they are the real deal. I like Sammy Watkins. I like Goff is finally, uh, you know, turning into that. Rising star quarterback that everyone had expect expectations for. I'm not. I'm not believing in Minnesota. I'm sorry. Um, I know that they're a solid veteran team. They're they're playing very well. I just. I'm not. I just have a hard time buying into Mi- it. Minnesota doesn't believe in themselves either. I mean, they're they're waiting for something bad to happen to bring in Teddy Bridgewater, and they want Teddy Bridgewater in so badly, but they don't have a reason to bring him in yet. Well. Case Keenum like almost lost in the game twice. Well, he definitely brought the Redskins back into the game last week. So yeah. I mean, I can't. I don't trust Case Keenum at all. Sorry. Okay, so that's so I think we all agree that the Rams are going to win this yeah. one. I'm going to go with the Rams. Yeah. Okay, so we're going with the Rams on that one. Um, I'm trying to figure out the last two games here. Seattle. Um, and Atlanta. Seattle. Let's go. Let's go Monday Night Football. Seattle and Atlanta. Um, I just don't trust Atlanta. Um, I don't trust Matt Ryan. I don't trust Matt Ryan. And last season, I thought they got to where they were just because the schedule sort of worked out. I think if that that game would have been in Green Bay, they would have lost that game. If the Falcons are smart, though, this is the game where Julio Jones finally goes off. Richard Sherman Sherman. is out. You have no Sherman. I mean, yes, they still have a very good secondary without Richard Sherman. Yeah, but I don't think they're. I think there's no one to cover. I think they're done. I think Seattle. I think this is out of all. If you would have told me in the beginning of the season that the Rams were probably going to win the West, I think I would have called you a liar. Uh, Rams are going to win the West this year, and that's you know Seattle. Yeah. Seattle's going down with injury. I still don't trust that offensive line. I'm still waiting for Russell Wilson to get killed at one point. Yep. In this quick fantasy advice: If you have Mohamed Sanu, I'd really consider him playing. Consider playing him though, because the number two corner goes to Julio, and then I mean number three goes to Sanu. Yeah. So I mean, it, it's still Seattle. He can go out there and put out a goose egg, but don't be surprised if he does give you 15 or 16 points this week. No, that's fair. Um, all right, and then last one, Philly and Dallas. Like I said, Philly. I mean, Tyron Smith hurt. Zeke out. Sean Lee out. Sean Lee is – it's not even the fact that he's the best player on that defense, but they just gel so well when he is on the field. Every loss that they've had, Sean Lee's out. He's, They're he's, 0-3 with him off the field this year. He's the Mike. He's the dude who runs that thing, and they obviously look like out of place without him. Des Bryant not doing much. 
Like the, the, Phil- yeah, the, Phil- the Philadelphia that's, defense. That's the one name I really have not heard much of all as far as even like when even you hear the, see the Dallas highlights, I'm not hearing Des Bryant no. whatsoever. Nope, so that's Philly for that one. Yeah, so, all right. Anthony, if you're, are you hanging or are you going? I'm ha- I'm heading out, unfortunately. All right, so you're heading out. Where, where now where are you headed? I'm going to go home. Oh. I have to go and uh, I have some responsibilities at home. Go home. Attend to, yes. Go home, you. You just go home. Ah, all right, let's welcome our good friend Ryan Stern to the show. Anthony, we'll see you uh, hopefully next week. Same bad time, same bad time. Well, no, next week's Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. No, Randy, I'll not use my Thanksgiving here. Okay, well, well, there is football being played, so we should be on the air. Yes. Uh, I'll see you guys. <laughs> Later, Anthony. Thanks, thanks for coming on. All right, Ryan Stern's with us here. Ryan, how you doing, buddy? Good evening, gentlemen. How's everything with you? All right, so, so now it's technically Ryan, Ryan, and Randy on, uh, on air. Uh, that, that's a lot of R's. Yeah, that's three R's. We're, we're triple R's. Say that five times fast. <laughs> please, please don't. <laughs> it's bad radio. Yeah, it's bad radio. To try to keep saying that so fast. So, Ryan, look, you're you're a uh, you're a Giants guy. I know you want to jump in a little bit here. You and I had this argument over the phone, and literally, it was an argument about what yeah. we, what they should be doing about McAdoo. The floor is yours. Uh, well, uh, before I get to uh, Ben McAdoo. Um, I, I will weigh in on the uh, Rams against Vikings game. Uh, all of you seem to uh, be high on the Rams. There have been three games this year that Jared Goff has played against uh, top ten pass defenses. In those three games, he has combined for uh, two touchdowns and four interceptions, and the team is 0-3. I'm sorry, 1-2. They are 1-2 in those games. I do not like Jared Goff against this Minnesota pass defense, which is, uh, I I believe, seventh in the league against the pass. Uh, And they're much better at home than they are on the road. And we saw Kirk Cousins have a little bit of success against them last week. But they are much different at home. Uh, I, I like the Vikings in that game. That's going to be a good matchup. I mean, the, the Rams are also undefeated on the road, though. So, right. take, take the, I mean, take that for what it's worth. I mean, Minnesota is obviously a very tough place to play, but something's yeah, something's going to give. That's good. that's going to be a fun matchup, and I, I really like that Jared Goff stat actually. Yeah, Jared Goff has not performed very well against uh, top ten passing defenses, uh, but luckily for him. He's gotten to play against some really bad pass defenses too, and uh, and he's uh, hey for all of the talk early in the season because we saw what Carson Wentz uh, was was doing, uh, what he's done all year, but especially early in the year, uh, there was a lot of people saying, "Well, here we go again." Look at what Carson Wentz is doing. The Rams made the wrong decision taking Carson uh, Jared Goff over Carson Wentz. Now they may have made the wrong decision by doing that, but Jared Goff is starting to prove why he was in consideration for that number one pick. Uh, he lo- he just looks comfortable right now, and he's certainly found a comfort level with his receivers, especially Robert Woods. Robert Woods is turning into, especially for the, the people playing fantasy, he's got to be a must-start nowadays. Has to be. So now on to uh, Ben Macca, whatever <laughs> you want to call him. <laughs> ben Macca <laughs> <So>, don't. <laughs> yeah, ben, well, 
Ben Micah don't win. What <laughs> uh, what we were discussing earlier this week on the phone was, and you brought up a great point. You said, "What is the the positive, or what is the benefit of firing him now?" And granted, you may have a valid point, but my point about Ben McAdoo is that if the reason that you are not getting the best play out of your players is because of Ben McAdoo, whether it be his coaching philosophy, whether whether it be that the players just don't want to play for him, that because it seems that he's lost the locker room. If you're if he is the reason that you're not getting the best out of the players, you there I, I just don't see any way that you can hold on to him because you, at some point you have to have faith in your players. You have to have faith in them because they did go 11-5 and five last year. You know that this group and most of the group is the same from last year. You have to have faith that this is the right group of players for the, the core I'm talking about that you can move forward with. And I just think that you're going to lose a lot of them if Ben McAdoo is the reason that you're not that they're not playing up to their highest capabilities. Well, at this point, too, now the Giants have a very tough uh, tough order this week with the Kansas City Chiefs and Alex Smith. Uh, look, the Chiefs are what they are. It, you know how there's always that team that's always hovering around, and like it was almost like the Falcons. You know, they always have the talent. And they always have the coaching, but you just wonder if they're ever going to take that next step. I almost feel like this year, I, I think, yeah, I think this is the year that the Kansas City Chiefs actually step up to the plate and take that next, next take that next step and actually push forward uh, in the playoffs. I think you know, remember how it took a, a, quite a few years for Baltimore to finally get past the Patriots. I think that's going to be Kansas City this year with the Patriots. I think they're going to finally get past them and make the Super Bowl. But Andy Reid comes into the to the Meadowlands with an 18 and 14 record versus the Giants. Eli is um, two and one against the Chiefs in his career, and it's probably going to end up being two and two. I'm trying to figure out. And Ryan, I think Ryan is very impressed that I had did my research before going on with this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's like, "Wow, he knows what he's talking about. That's amazing." Um, I think at this for point, for the first time uh, in forever. Yeah, like I'm, I'm looking at this whole, t- whole entire situation for for the Giants, and there's no good coming out of it. Um, no. If they win this game, then they're they're, they're going to get the criticism that Ben McAdoo should have put his foot down months and months ago. Um, if they if they lose this game, it's nothing surprising. You know what I mean? Yep. So, um, Ryan, give me a score before we let you go because we're against the clock. Because uh, Eric Webb is going to be joining us now to start working trans. Uh, you know, go over to the NBA. I, I think you're looking at a, a 38 to 13 type game. I, I just don't see it being a, being that close. Uh, and that would be the over. Yeah, and <laughs> that would be the over. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Give, give me the Chiefs. Give me the over. Um, I, I think you're going to see a lot of Kareem Hunt. Uh, Kareem Hunt. Uh, mind you, remember oh, the kid who the, the, the first three weeks of the season, well, everyone was comparing him to Barry Sanders and Emmett Smith. Uh, he's sort of leveled off uh, since then. 
But I think we're going to see uh, against a, a depleted Giants defensive line, against a depleted Giants linebacking core, you're going to see a heavy dose of Kareem Hunt. And for those of you who play uh, daily fantasy, uh, whether it be FanDuel, DraftKings, get Travis Kelsey in every single one of your lineups. Yeah, he's going he's expensive this week. But the Giants have given up a touchdown to a tight end in 10 straight games. That's going back to last year. Um, I mean, even was it George Kittle scored a, a touchdown against them. Or, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Garrett Selleck scored a touchdown against them last week. Uh, that was probably my uh, best waiver wire pickup, honestly. That, that, Jerk. That, that, uh, that stout combination of C.J. Beathard to uh, Garrett Selleck really paid off <laughs> but uh yeah it, it's it's going to be all about uh, kareem hunt travis kelsey uh and then they also have tyree kill uh, i i just don't see any way uh this this is gonna end up well for the giants they may end up scoring more points than we're used to because uh, the the chiefs secondary uh is depleted that the loss of Eric Berry really hurt them, uh, and they've been able to be thrown against. But uh, we, we've seen the Giants' offense go up against bad defenses and not have success in the past. So I, I just don't see any way that that changes. Though I do like Sterling Shepard as a as a good play this week. Ryan, always always a pleasure to have you on uh, to give your expertise. We always appreciate it, my friend. All right, gentlemen, have a great rest of your show. Thanks, man. And now we jump over to the NBA, which Ryan Mark is very excited about, with our good buddy Eric Webb. Eric, how are you doing today, my friend? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Good, man. You have uh, me and Ryan Mork here. It seems like every single time you call, there's somebody else in that chair over there. <laughs> we, we play, uh, we, you know, we, we jump around from... Uh, Randy wants. Time. Randy just wants some alone time. Yeah, I, I uh, how many? Well, how many, Ryan, uh, Ryan, um, Eric, how many times have you called here and I've been on my own? Oh yeah, a few times. Yeah, all right, never mind. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's like, I'm over. I'll be over here. All right, so, so do we say that the Cleveland Cavaliers are starting to snap out of it, Eric? I think so. I mean, I, I knew this wasn't going to last long anyway. I mean, I'm not saying they're going to go on like a 15 game winning streak. I wouldn't say anything crazy like that. But I think they, the way they won against the Knicks. It was huge. Like they needed to fight back from being down twenty-three. You know, go through adversity and use defense to get back into a game. And I think now that they've clicked into that, you know, they can get something going. I just think what scares me about the Cavs though is that they can't play defense. And I mean, it's, it's, it's going on two years now. <laughs> no, no, exactly. I mean, they are not a very good defense. I mean, that can change in the playoffs. I mean, we see we see an argument for. James Harden. We see an argument for Melo. We see Chris. I mean, so many players. Yet they say their defense for for the offensive side of the ball. Blah blah blah. Yeah. But giving up how many points are they giving? They're less in defense. I think they're giving up well over 105, 110 points a game. I mean, th- say what you want about other players like Harden and all that, but this team just cannot play defense at all. And yeah, I, and they're giving up 112 points a game. Yeah, I mean, the thing with that is, like, that's case by case. Because, like, this year, a lot of games are high-scoring, believe it or not. But, they, I mean, they still stink defensively. Yeah, the but, Celtics I mean, The Celtics are only giving up 94. That's the least amount in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. Yeah. And that's saying something. Because, like, obviously the East stinks. Actually, that's the best in the league, actually. Right now, in the, uh, in the Western Conference, uh, opponents' points per game, the Oklahoma City Thunder is uh, only giving up 
97 points per game. Yeah, they're the second-best defense in the league right now. They're impressing me. Which is very surprising. Yeah. yeah. Any team that has Carmelo Anthony on it, and you'll hear the words wow. defense, it's like, really? Yeah, it's like going the same sentence. Yeah, I don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so obviously the Boston Celtics are the story of the NBA right now to start the season. I think, you know, um, Eric, I forgot your name for a second. Eric, Eric, we, you and I have, uh, you and I had Steve on, and we all said this during the summer, and as we were getting closer to the season, the Boston Celtics, we knew they were probably going to be the top seed in the East. Yeah, you know, so this is not a surprise. The surprises right now in the Eastern Conference to me are the Detroit Pistons, who are ten and four. Nobody saw that coming. Oh, no, not at all. A lot of people didn't even have them as a playoff team. Okay. The New York Knicks being 8-6. and six. Yeah. And the Orlando Magic being 8-7. and seven. I think it, that was those are, to me, the biggest surprises so far. Yeah. And that's just, like, the skid that they've been on. Like, they were doing way better than that, you know, a few games back. Yeah, Orlando's lost their last three. So, that's, yeah. to me, that's the scary part. The Knicks... It's not. It's not that the Knicks are winning games. It's it's how they're winning. But like, is it still too early? Like, should we not talk about this until Christmas? Um, I don't see. Usually, I go with that philosophy. But like, if they stick to the way that they're playing right now, I think because the East is so wide open, I can see the Knicks creeping into the playoffs. Okay, out of the, out of the teams in the West, right now you have the Warriors one, Rockets two, Timberwolves three, Spurs four, Blazers five, Nuggets six, Pelicans seven, Grizzlies eight, Thunder. Uh, nine. Yeah. That that doesn't look right to me. I think it that the thun- I think the Thunder will will bounce back up, and I also think that Memphis will find their way out. Yeah, and I I actually think you know given how I mean despite the recent skid, I think the Clippers can sneak to the playoffs as well for the West. Like you know they haven't been doing that well you know with guys out and everything, but I did before the season started I didn't even have them making the playoffs. They've been, you know, been promising the way they've been playing, even though, like, despite as of late, they have the best front court in the NBA. I think with Gallinari, uh, Blake, and DeAndre Jordan, I think that might be the best front court in the NBA, as far as uh, you know, just the meshing of it. Because you have Gallinari who can hit the three, you have Blake who can go inside outside, and you have DeAndre who's going to be able to rebound and be your banger inside. Um, they just I, that shooting guard spot. I don't think Rivers is the answer. I like the, the foreign kid that they have. And Patrick Beverly is a very good, solid point guard. He's not going to get you 20 points a game like Chris Paul used to. He'll get you 10 or 11 points, 15 points maybe, and and just play solid defense. Oh, yeah. He's, a, he's that guy you don't want to play defense against, but he gets the job done. Yeah, yeah. And I'll be honest with you, the Houston Rockets, they're a regular season team. I don't want to, you know, the playoffs, I, I don't trust them whatsoever. Really? See, I actually have a lot of faith in Rockets this year. I can see them going to the, the conference finals. And you know maybe even pulling off the center, making it to the finals. Well, you you have to get past the Golden State Warriors, who have won seven straight, eleven and three, top in the Western Conference. Yeah, uh, I'm very down on the Warriors. I've always been. Uh, Ryan just gave me a dirty look. It was awesome. No, uh, my my yeah. problem with every team though is that I feel like they don't have a lot of depth. I feel like the Rockets are are a, a two or three man show. I think the Thunder are a two or three man show. I think the Clippers have that front court, and that's about it. I think yeah. that uh, I, I just feel that way with a lot of teams, don't, don't especially sleep, out Don't west. sleep on the Spurs. Do not oh, sleep on the Spurs. No, Spurs, Spurs are obviously the Spurs. <laughs> but I think in the West, it's a lot of top-heavy teams. I think in the East, you, you have a lot of – I mean, we all know it's going to be the Celtics and the Cavs, but at least in the East, you have teams with depth. Yeah. Well, I think the Cavaliers might be the deepest team in the NBA with the amount of guys that they have. 
agree. Especially when healthy. I mean, if De- if Derrick Rose can play well, and then if Isaiah, I mean, uh, I just think they're trying. I mean, at first I, they were I, trying to force Derrick Rose, and he he just it didn't, work. Just, it, it didn't, it didn't work. work. I I think at this point in time, I know they're waiting for Isaiah to get back, but I still think you package that pick and and Isaiah somewhere. I, I think I, th- I and you can get yourself someone. You, what's out there? That, but that's that's the real question because you want to if you're going to package Isaiah in that draft pick, you got to get something back that's good in return. I'm looking at the teams right now that are out there, and I'm like, what are you going to get? You're not making that deal for Mike Conley. You're not making that deal for Jeff Teague. You're not making that deal for uh, Patrick Beverly. You know, you're not making. And Eric Bledsoe already got moved. Yeah. So. I'm looking. Then I'm looking around the Eastern Conference. What you know, you're not you're not packaging anything for Drogic. Would you make that move for Chris Paul? No, no, because if you're going to trade away a high pick, you want to get somebody who might be good enough to be there for a few years after LeBron leaves. So, if you want to take Isaiah Thomas and that draft pick, and you want to look around the NBA and say, "This is who I'm going to go grab," this is you know. You're not you're not going to get Kyle Lowry. You're not going to get John Wall. Uh-huh. So what's out there for them to get? Because you're trying to replace Kyrie Irving, a guy who helped win you helped you win a championship. Yeah. So get, get Ben Simmons. <laughs> yeah, I, I I have to see what Ben Simmons is throughout a whole entire season, and that's really <laughs> what that comes down to. Yeah. So, uh, Eric, let yeah. everybody know where you are. EWBSP on Twitter. Oh. Stories on there on uh, backsportsstories.com as well. Awesome, brother. Thanks for having me. Take care. Take care. I know you want to fight me on that. On what? The Warriors? On the Warriors and Kyrie and so on and so forth. I mean, Kyrie just wanted to be out of Cleveland, and that that's that's what it comes down to. Well, why? I'm trying, to, I'm trying to figure out why. Because like, I don't think he. I, 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 the answer that he gave. Do you want? Do you want to hear a very bold prediction? Sure. I think that 10, 15 years from now, there are going to be a lot of players who played with LeBron and are going to complain about how bad of a teammate he was. Just like they did with Jordan. Yeah. I mean, I understand he's he's powerful. This is coming from a LeBron fan, but it's so obvious that he's. I guess the right word to use is. He's a perfectionist. Like a, a well, lot of uh, the 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 argument is always LeBron is the GM. He gets all the players he wants. But then you argue that oh, but he has a, a hurt Isaiah Thomas. He got I mean he has Dwayne Wade who's out of his prime. He got Chris Bosh who wasn't the best big man in the league at the time. I mean yeah, I get that. But and I understand that you're going to give the best player in the league what he wants because he didn't have that in Cle- in the first time in Cleveland. He didn't get what he wanted. He left, won twice, came back. Dan, Go- Dan Gilbert realized that, stinks to say, but LeBron's more powerful than Dan Gilbert. But the Cavs had to do something because Kyrie wasn't having it anymore. And he did not. There are a lot of people, and I, I'm, I'm leaning more towards that LeBron is leaving again. And I don't think Kyrie wanted to be in the dust. And I'd, I, I agree I'd, with that. Actually, I, I didn't want. I didn't want to agree with that at first. 
Neither did I. I, I, I want. I'm, I'm still. I think this tough start and watching him play right now and to show he's trying. I think he's trying to show. He's trying to will his team to win. Yeah. No. I mean, the Celtics you know, have won 13 games in a row, and yeah. he's playing with a broken face, literally. Yeah. He's playing very. He's a very good ball player, and I think. Uh, I don't know if it's jealousy that he had the game-winning shot in the finals, but LeBron got all the credit because he's averaging a triple-double and he won the MVP for the third time in, in the finals. But but everyone remembers that it's it's Kyrie's shot that the, over Steph Curry and his grill that pretty much won the finals. But what does everyone talk about? The the LeBron block, the, when LeBron almost posterized and ended Draymond Green's career <laughs> with five <laughs> seconds left, then he hits that one free throw. I mean, it, and you can say a lot of things about LeBron and how his legacy is not even close to Jordan, not even close to Kobe, whatever. But at, at the end of the day, I just think that Kyrie and a lot of other people are afraid to say that LeBron isn't a good team. I, I think LeBron is a good teammate on the floor, but I think behind the scenes, I think it's a little bit different. And I think Kyrie just... I didn't want to believe it at first, but th- that's what... Because why wouldn't you want to play with LeBron? Why why wouldn't you want to play with the best player in the world? It's obviously something behind the scenes. And I think we saw that in the first game. They kind of resolved their issue. They did their little handshake, whatever, at the end of the game. But at the end of the day, Kyrie Irving, A, wants to prove something. I think... He seems much happier. And, and, it's, and it's, yeah. kind, it's kind of selfish in a way in that you... I mean... He just he just looks happier, doesn't he? Yeah, because he looks he's happier. And like, and it, it's I'm, not. I, I'm telling you, more and more people are going to come out and say that LeBron is a is a pain to deal with off the court. I, I and I, yeah, I really I don't, believe I don't that. want to believe that, but I have to agree with you. I think it's going to. That's what's going to come out too. Like, like I can't. And as far as him leaving and figuring out what he's going to do next, what his next move is going to be, I am a firm believer that he is probably going to stay in Cleveland because he's not stupid to figure out That's that's my thing. I feel like he's not in it, like he already left Cleveland once, got ripped apart for it. Yeah. Well, no, he got ripped apart with the way he left Cleveland. Right. He left he got killed for doing that TV special. He got yep. killed for yep. for doing all of that nonsense. Yep. That's what he got killed for. Right. I'm not ready to kill him for for the, him leaving Cleveland. If he would have just did it the way um Durant did it, where he put a big article up in the. Uh, okay, so here's then. This is a valid question. So, uh, side note: you, uh, Did you hear Kevin Durant said there's no loyalty in the NBA anymore? There isn't. Any, any How problem. ironic! Yeah, well, obviously him saying it is definitely. But yeah, <laughs> here's my attitude, and you can tell me. Uh, and we're gonna we're gonna wrap up a little early tonight because there's just not as much stuff going on here. And we were short one guest tonight. My my other idea for a guest tonight was supposed to come on and he sort of bailed. Um, do you respect the way LeBron left the first time or how he left Miami compared to how Kyrie sort of pushed himself out of Cleveland or some of these or Carmelo with New York? Is there is there really a right way to leave a team? No, you'll, you'll get attacked either way. You will get attacked no, no matter how you leave, when you leave, what you do, uh, unless if you win five championships with one team. I mean, th- 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 there's no right way. I- I'm sure people in Miami booed LeBron when he came back to Miami in his first games back in his first game back with Cleveland. And I think when Melo goes back to New York, has he gone back to? He New has Orleans not yet? gone back to New York yet. But I, I, it's gonna be mixed. That, that, that's gonna be a dead fifty-fifty. 
Yeah. There's there's no right way. When LeBron went back to Miami, see, Miami fans shouldn't be like they, there was no hatred for LeBron. People were burning Dwayne. W- I mean, th- this is idiotic, but people were burning Dwayne Wade's jersey when Pat Riley literally said leave. Pat Riley told him go to go to Chicago. Pat Riley said, yeah. "I dare you," and he did. Th- that's that's the idiot fans' fault. But well, the, my my big thing with when LeBron left Miami, he didn't owe anything. To when Miami. he left Miami, yeah, when yeah. he left Miami, he didn't owe anything to Miami. Right. Okay, he went there and he played with his buddies, which when he went back to Cleveland, I think more people who hated him for leaving Cleveland the first time to go to Miami said to him, we're not just happy that he's coming back to Cleveland. We respect him because he's coming back to Cleveland. He wants to have that success there. I think that's where people were just like, okay, we're okay with that. What my problem is with with a guy with Kevin Durant who I think if Durant would have gone anywhere else but Golden State – it would have been okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm never going to rip on someone for wanting to win. No. And, and, and let's understand one thing, too. Kevin Durant goes from Oklahoma City to San Francisco. I've never been to Oklahoma City, but I've been to San Francisco. And it's a very nice area. Okay. And it's not like Kevin Durant's going to struggle to afford to live in San Francisco either. No. Well, my, my big problem with, with what he did was it just made him look really bad. It did. It uh, made him look... Uh, Kevin Durant, first of all, he gets weaker by the day. We we saw this whole social media, uh, the, the the Twitter. What what's the word I'm looking for? The the conspiracy or the the, the well, yeah, whatever. It's, it's very childish for you have to have two Twitter accounts. One that he's just disguising himself talking on. Yeah, I mean he he just hides. He yeah. he hides. He, he there was a quote from him in GQ magazine today. He said Steph Curry is the leader of our team. That takes a lot of pressure off my shoulders. I'm not. Why would you say you're not a leader? No. Uh, what kind? I mean, and can I tell you something? Russell Westbrook, and that's and when they were together, Russell and Kevin were together. Kevin came off as the sympathetic figure, and Russell came off like the bully because he wanted the ball. Right. After Durant left the Warriors, Russell became the sympathetic figure because he was the one who was going down with the ship. Right. And now he's got new toys with him, meaning Paul George and Melo. And yes, they're still figuring it out. But if that team gets on the same page and they make the run that everybody expects them to run, they can knock out the Golden State Warriors. The Warriors are not invincible. Warriors were two minutes away from that NBA Finals being tied at two, and if that would have gone to Game 5 at 2-2... Two, two, the, the Warriors, the, if you get the right team to match up with them, I, I, I've said this time and time and time again. Oklahoma City... As it, home, what, what was it? Yeah. yeah it was okay, say. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Oklahoma City a couple years ago when the, it was the first uh, Warriors and Cavs series. I, I think the NBA is a lot about matchups. Of course. I think that if OKC faced Cleveland, I think that OKC w- would have absolutely destroyed them. Here's here's the thing that people are, seem to be forgetting. The first time OKC played Cleveland, they had no Kevin Love and had no Kyrie Irving. Right. I think if both of those guys would have been healthy it would have been back-to-back for Cleveland. And then Durant going to the Warriors would have been like the, we've found your kryptonite Superman. And and, and speaking of matchups, the second time, look at what happened. Draymond Green got suspended. Andrew Boga got hurt. If Draymond Draymond doesn't get suspended, the Warriors probably win that game five and win back-to-back titles. Yeah, but again, we've been saying this for a while now. Kevin Love and and Kyrie play. Cleveland wins that first championship. Exactly. You you could say the same thing for for, for both. You can say the same. Let's welcome our good friend Gary A to the show. Gary, how you doing today, my friend? Randy, what's going on, man? Okay, NBA, the NBA show. 
um, every sure. single week. I, I like how he turned his, his name into the name of the show, which was pretty good. I like that. Um, so, we're, we're listen, we were talking about the LeBron, the LeBron situation. Is he going to stay? Is he going to go? The matchup issues, Kyrie leaving, and so on and so forth. You're an NBA guy, um, and you're, you're a New York guy. So, this mm-hmm. is... This is a very interesting thing with LeBron James. I, I think he's stupid if he leaves Cleveland next season. Where do you? What's your take on this? Well, I think this is just a search for the boogeyman. I think this is a manufactured story. I, I honestly think that there's very little chance LeBron leaves Cleveland. I've, I've never thought there was a serious threat of him leaving. Obviously, the loss of Kyrie sets them back some. It's very clear earlier in the season that they missed his offense. And more specifically, they miss the fact that there's no one else that commands the double team on that team. Now, we'll see when Isaiah Thomas gets back if that changes. But as a 5 6 guard, you know, you can stick a 6 6 wing on him, and yeah, he doesn't need a double team. So there's definitely a hole there. But as far as LeBron leaving, I don't see it. They have that pick from the Nets, they have the ability to attract talent because of LeBron's presence. I think they'll find someone to fill that hole, some of that hole that Kyrie left soon enough. I think they'll be back in competition. I'm not worried about Cleveland just yet. I don't worry. What about the the surging Boston Celtics right now? What do you think about how they're playing? I think we lost them. Possibly. All right, so we lost. Hello, hello, hello. Yeah. yeah uh, oh, we got them. Oh, yeah, you are. Okay. So what about the surging Boston Celtics? Well... I think they're the most complete team in the Eastern Conference. I mean, obviously, it's easy to say, given their record, but the thing is about them is their depth at all positions, and the hierarchy is in place. You know, the one thing you always hear is all the inmates running the asylum, and in a non-stereotypical you know, manner, that just simply means are the players in control with ownership, management, and coaching should be in control. And in almost all situations across the league, that's the case with the exception, incidentally enough, of most of the good teams, Golden State, Boston, uh, and those two really come to mind, San Antonio's third, and you look at it and you say, well, the ownership really put people in place, you know what they're doing, and they let them do their job, they don't meddle, they are a la James Dolan, they have a great coach, probably the second best coach in the NBA, next to Popovich, and they have a brilliant general manager, and they've built a great team. And it's all in order. Everything's managed properly. And, you know, there's a reason they're being successful, and I think it has a lot to do with the structure of their organization, the fact that it's top-down and not bottom-up. Let's talk about the Knicks. We're in, we're, we're, in New York. we're in New York right now. We're in the New York. We're the shadow of New York City. Uh, the Knicks have certainly made it interesting for the first uh, 15 games of the year, 14, 15 games of the year. What do you think is the, the ceiling life for this franchise right now? Well, I think it's interesting. Um, I'm going to talk about this on my show Saturday, but I do think that the Knicks have about as much chance to go, you know, into a second, you know, second round series in the playoffs as they can muster out of Tim Hardaway Jr. I really do see him as the key to this team's fortune to be a explosive scorer at times, and they're going to need a second gun consistently night in and night out next to Porzingis, especially if teams start peeing on him the way Cleveland did and really playing physical with him, hitting him and frustrating him. He's going to have to learn to deal with that, but until he does, and even going forward, even after he learns how to manage that kind of defense, 
they need a second consistent guy. And to me, Tim Hardaway, night after night, is starting to prove that he might be that guy. So to me, Tim Hardaway has a lot of sway over what direction this Knicks team heads this season and in the future. I'll tell you one thing about the Knicks, though. The thing that impressed me the most was after that Cavaliers game, the story wasn't only that they blew a 23-point lead. It was 50-50 between that they blew the lead, but Anis Cantor gets in LeBron's face. Frank Nellicator does it back down from LeBron. I mean, this is obviously a team that likes each other, and you can make the argument that it's because Melo's gone. You can make the argument that it's Phil Jackson being gone. No matter what the case may be, though, the story wasn't the fact that they blew. I mean, yes, it was talked about, but... Uh, that scrum got a lot of hype, and that can go really far with a basketball team, with any team. No, I mean, you're right, and I really like that. But the thing that was interesting is he was on the game a lot, late in the game situation, the late game situation, when Honestek tried to go off on defense. To me, that was a mistake. I think after a guy makes a stand like that, I think you owe it to him and your team to put him in the game. Like he's, you know, a bad player. He's probably their second most accomplished offensive player besides Kofink. Um, and having him on the bench, even for defensive matchups, I just think was a mistake on Hornacek's part. All right, Gary, we've, we've been having a little bit of connection problems and so on and so forth, but so we're going to let you go. But listen, let, let's real quick plug uh, the NBA show. Go for it. And that might have been the dagger. And that might have been the dagger. <laughs> and that's okay. All right, Ryan, we're going to uh, bail a little early, but thank you very much for coming up and uh, keeping me company this week. Thank Appreciate you for it. having me. Always um, a pleasure always to be back where it started. Always, Yeah, always a pleasure to have you. Uh, um, and, uh, you know, what we'll do is uh, we'll see if we can get you back up here closer to the holidays and so on and so forth, get you in there for one more before the New Year's. Yes, sir. All right, buddy. Thanks for your uh, – listen, listen to us. Find us on BackSportsPage.com. Thank you, Rampo College. Thank you, WRPR. For uh, having us as always, we're bailing a little early tonight. Again, there's just not as much sports news. Like, <laughs> no, <laughs> less, a slow day today. Uh, yeah, less, less is more with us. That's always been my attitude. So, uh, listen, we'll be back next week. Same, no, not next week, guys. Happy Thanksgiving. Yes. I forgot all about that. Ryan, happy Thanksgiving, my friend. You too. Uh, enjoy your Brussels sprouts, and yes. uh, we're, <laughs> we're piecing out of here. See you guys in two weeks. supposed to be